There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode one of season three of The Magicians. It feels like it's been so long, and I know it hasn't. Right, but it's so great to have him back. Yes, it's great. I love it. This episode had me cracking up. But before we get there, let's get to some news and some rating. All right, we got some casting news. TV Line reported that genre queen Felicia Day has lined up her next sci-fi fantasy role, an integral character on sci-fi's The Magicians. Day will play Poppy in the drama's upcoming third season, Nerdist reports. Those who have read the Lib Grossman novels on which the series is based will recognize the character as the dragon expert who helps the gang in a time of dire need. I bought the book. Finally, (laughs) the first one and the first one for the expanse. My God, they are both giant books. Yes. So I, I'm going to tell you guys now, I probably won't have them read before the end of this season. season. I'll be honest. (laughs) And we also got some more casting news from deadline. Dina Meyer from birds of prey has been tapped for a recurring role in the upcoming third season of the magicians. Meyer will play the Stone Queen, a no-nonsense woman who hails from a faraway land in Fillory and offers an interesting proposition for an alliance. Hmm, I wonder if we get to see her next episode. Uh, That's a strong possibility. This is interesting. I'm so happy. Yes, I can't wait to see Felicia Day. (laughs) Because there's so many things that are, like, we honestly don't know what's happening i mean obviously you and i haven't read the books but from what i understand things were kind of all mismatched anyway from the books and some of it wasn't in the books necessarily too right so i'm super excited to see everything that's going to play out with this indeed now the ratings for episode one was a 0.30 which happened to be down 0.22 from last year's premiere in adults 18 to 49, but it did have 0.782 million viewers, making it the 21st overall cable show. And that was interesting, because I noticed a lot of people were talking about that, because unfortunately I didn't get to watch till the next day. Right. But a lot of people, from what I had seen, they're like, why were the ratings down? But that's still a lot of people. Yes, it is. So maybe, I don't know, maybe they're looking at the time slot overall. I, I'd not quite sure, but I feel like that's still a pretty good amount of people watching. And yes. I know there were a lot of people kind of ticked with certain characters. And I don't know if that's kind of making them leery about watching right away. But I thought it was it was amazing. I love this episode. 
Yes. I don't know. Maybe they didn't irritate me as much as last year because I've been waiting for so long. Right. And some people probably didn't like the idea of opening season three without magic. Okay, yeah. And so that may have been part of the reason that it was down a little bit, but I have a feeling it will bounce back up real soon. I mean, you got to understand they needed some kind of major drama. Yeah. This was the major drama. And this is going to be one thing that's going to bring them all back together again, which is when they're the best. Yes. And I'm very happy because we got to see some people that we haven't seen much. Yes, we absolutely did. So let's dig into episode one, The Tales of the Seven Keys. Quentin tries to find someone who can bring magic back. Julia explores her small but significant gift. Elliot and Margot struggle under the hostile fairy occupation. Katie searches for a way to heal Penny. So I apparently forgot that Penny was really, really sick. Yes, the magic cancer sick. Yeah. Like, I knew it was bad, but I don't remember that it was that bad. Right. So, obviously, a lot worse than I remember, and I'm just happy that we're getting him, because I'm afraid that they're going to, like, put him off to the side. But, right. thankfully, no. Well, let's start off in break, Bill, shall we? Yes. Let's go to school. Yeah. Well, Dean Fogg is uh, under some pressure from... The members of the board, as Irene McAllister meets with him and urges him to find answers to this blackout and find them ASAP. Because obviously they just didn't take his word for it as to what happened. You know, not like a whole classroom of people seeing the plumber. Right. And I thought it was interesting that they're all talking about the emergency batteries that were being made and... I'm guessing nobody told them that they were all used up to bring a certain somebody back. Right. Because he even said you know, that we searched Breakbill South. Right. But mostly they were, I think the board was just checked because they lost a lot of money. Yes, absolutely. And they don't want to continue to lose money. Of course, Fogg wants to continue to teach magical theory at Breakbills because they don't want that to disappear as well but they are the board is considering closing break bills so we must have answers soon which is not a bad thing i don't think i think that probably will move the plot along if uh dean fogg is pressuring our group to find an answer as soon as possible well okay here's me just throwing this out If the board wants answers so bad, why the hell isn't it all hands on deck? Exactly. (laughs) Bring all of them in so they can all try to figure this out. That's what I think you should do. But then again, the board members sound like spoiled rich people who are just going to stay hidden away. Yes, I agree with that. Buttheads. (laughs) All right. So now we know what's at stake here. We've got to save break bills. Let's check in on Penny and Katie. So it's interesting that Penny can still do everything he does. Yes, he's still able to travel, which is very interesting. And I think part of that is because the library moved. Really? Yes. We get that one shot of it, and you see the 
planet right there almost at the event horizon of a black hole. Yeah. So they've basically stopped time there so everybody still has their powers. Oh, see, I didn't even realize that because I was thinking that maybe being a traveler was a little different kind of magic and that's why it wasn't affected. But I don't don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's because they were able to get things moved in time to where they actually saved themselves. But it's right on the hairy edge where they could lose the library, too, if things go horribly wrong. Ah, I see. So we see Penny waking up bound in a chair in some dude's basement. And here I am thinking, oh, God, what you get yourself into now? Right. And it all, and it looks very similar to Mayakovsky's. Right. Because you see the same thing that Mayakovsky had built. That's what I was thinking. And I'm like, what, what did he do to piss him off? And then <laughs> it seems that isn't the man who we were looking at, though. No, it is definitely not, uh, Mayakovsky. But this gentleman has an overdue library book and Penny has come to collect. And it's kind of funny because the guy's like, why are you even worried about that? Right. But again, if the librarians are able to do any sort of magic, then shouldn't like everybody be like, okay, we need to give you all the books so you guys can figure out what's going on. You would think so. You would think they would be working just as hard as everybody at Bright Bills to figure this out. Yeah, except this guy's like, "Uh, there's no more magic. Why do you care? Well, obviously, right. there's something if Penny can pop in and out. Yes, but he doesn't see it that way. I guess. Now, of course, it was great that uh, he mentioned that there were creatures that were coming. Yes, <laughs> that's really interesting because it's like, okay, we we heard at the end of last season that there's a Leviathan. We right. know there's dragons. What, yes. And I'm trying to think what else has been out there that we've seen. Like well, a, we know there's something after Alice as well. Well, that was the Leviathan. I, no, the Lamprey. Lamprey, sorry. I knew it was an L. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting my shows mixed up. But there's like all these crazy things. How many more are coming? And if they have magic, and there's still magic in the world, how is it not affected at all for them? Right. It's so exciting. And it may be a, a more innate ability instead of a learned ability creatures but we'll see yeah now of course penny spots the book and springs into action escaping his bounds grabbing the book and disappearing like bye and he shows up as katie is behind a diner having a cigarette i guess that's their smoke room (laughs) You gotta take it outside to have a smoke. Well, you see that a lot. But it's interesting that Katie is nowhere near break bells. She's, I mean, I know she wasn't there last season, but I thought towards the end that she would have ended up back there because of everything. Right. Yes. Except she's just doing what she's gotta do to survive. So she's working a job and apparently it's at the diner and Penny was kind of funny when he's like, Oh, I thought we'd go, you know, have a quickie in the car. She's like, I don't have a car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh. And she she's like, you've been here too long. 
I mean, she right. doesn't even know how long he's been away from the library, but apparently, because she's so freaked out about it, any time away is too long for her. Right, because that's got his clock ticking. And that's kind you know, of heartbreaking. The, yeah, if he's in the library, the clock's not ticking. So anytime he leaves the library, that's just fewer seconds that he has. And she doesn't want him to die, so she kicks his butt right back to the library. I know, but it hurts my heart because it's not like they can even Skype so they can, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know at least see each other's face. Yeah. Uh, do you think the librarians ever, like, pull her over so he can have a, a few minutes with his girl? <sighs> they didn't seem exactly, you know... Super too awesome, like keen that. on on that. Yeah, I don't don't think they would be too keen on that. But we see Penny returning to the library, and wow, what a difference! Yes, and he looks rough. He does. And the head librarian there was like, "You've been gone too long. None of these should take you more than like an hour, and you need to rest." And so, I mean, she does at least look concerned because she. She goes to him because he's, like, coughing up blood. And and I feel like she did not know the extent of what would happen. Right. Even though they did kind of booby trap the a forbidden room. Right. Because even he says that. He's like, well, you know, you guys are the ones who pretty much did this to me. Yeah. So I don't know if she truly knew how bad it was in there. No. That could have, that trap could have been set by librarians eons ago that's true but she does ask him how are things going in the outside world and penny tells her it's depressing as hell right and again i mean she wasn't really part of it since she was just part of the library right and so it's kind of weird that she's so concerned about that as well at least i feel like it's weird if you were so set apart from it why are you worried about it Right. So I feel like there's got to be more to her story, and I'm wondering if we're going to get any of that. Yeah. Do you think we'll get more of The Librarian? Maybe in the future, but I don't think we're going to get a ton this season, I don't think. Because mm. I'm wondering if it's got to be like a lost love or family, something. Right. Could be. Very well could be. Maybe they'll hint at it here and there. Yes. And... Penny isn't the only visitor that Katie gets in this episode, as guess who's back? This was weird. Like, I was not expecting to see Harriet come back at all. No. So, yeah, Marley Matlin. Yay, she's back. So we get to see Katie signing some more. She gets to bust out those chops. So she's at least keeping her fingers flexible, ready for uh, magic to come back. Right. And she, I love it that she says, oh, I have a gift. It's going to yeah. have the cure for Penny. Okay, but he's got, like, serious cancer, and there's no magic. Right. But, man, Harriet knows something. Yes, she does. How does she know this? It can't just be, like, the underground magical web. Right. <laughs> I mean, there's got to be more, because she's like, well, you know, I went through all this trouble to get this book to cure his cancer, so maybe you need to figure out a way to have magic come back. Just tell her what's going on. I mean, you're the one using magic, too, and you're not getting it, but she doesn't look real concerned about it. No. Why do you think that is, though? Because it seems really odd when so many adults, basically, have been freaking out about it, 
And then she's just like, meh. She's like eating a donut or something. Right. Well, I really think that it's because she's kind of been battling some of the, shall we say, restrictive forces that have been applied to magic over the past couple of seasons. The library where she was collecting books and gathering the knowledge that she needed and probably the board at break bills and no telling how many other groups there are that are very restrictive on what they, what knowledge they allow to be available. And she's probably one of those that feels that it all should be available to everybody. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, the sense I get from her is she's a semi sort of freedom fighter for magic. Okay. I can see that. So I could be wrong, but. Well, I guess we'll find out, because I find it hard to believe she's going to pop up in only one episode. Right. With some more knowledge. That's... Right. It's like, I'm just going to sprinkle this here and disappear for the rest of the season. Hmm, I don't think so. Oh. Well, shall we see what Q and Julia are up to? I think it made everybody a little happier this season with these two, so let's jump over there. All right, we open with Quentin and Julia attempting to harness the latter's tiny spark of magic via spell work. And, of course, they're having absolutely no luck. But And you can see the, the frustration right. <laughs> glowing. She's the only one. I mean, you gotta give it time. Right. And they have a little conversation as to why her. This is And it was a great of... little back and forth. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's kind of interesting how everything that happened kind of comes into play right because julia thinks that it's a smudge that our lady underground accidentally left when she got her shade back and of course quentin says do you think she would make that type of mistake right (laughs) julia comes right back you see her son, don't you? <laughs> right. And, you know, Quentin, of course, thinks maybe it has something to do with Reynard and what happened between them. Right. And it's pretty interesting because suddenly Quentin kind of goes to, well, maybe we need to contact a, a lesser god. And she's like, I am not having what happened to me happen to anybody else. Right. <laughs> and I was thinking, okay, he cannot be serious and, and want to do anything that basically Julia and the group did, thinking they were contacting Our Lady Underground. But at least he was a little smarter about it. Like, no, 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 I just want to talk to one of these other gods so we can talk to the higher gods. So we want to talk to the kids so we can maybe get to the the mom and dad, basically. Right. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I get what he's saying, but I still think it can be kind of dangerous because we don't know. But Right, you have no idea who you're going to get a hold of Until Josh gets involved. Right, of all the people. Right. (laughs) I was not expecting him to end up being, and this sounds bad, like an important part of the group. Right. Because he just seemed like, I'm going to party and hang out and get high and eat tomatoes. But sure enough, all that partying. Helped them. Apparently (laughs) led him to (laughs) the god of partying, Bacchus. Which is so weird because... Bacchus was totally in my last book that I was reading. Apparently he's kind of a jerk. But yeah. and it wasn't too far off when we first meet no. Bacchus. Oh, he's like 
You guys aren't fun enough. Come back when you're fun. Right. Wow. Okay, Josh, you better do something on the inside then to help. Right, which... I don't think he did. No. It wasn't until Hugh and Julia got plastered enough and they remembered this stupid dance that they did. Like way back from grade school or something. Right. Which, okay, well, you're drunk enough and doing stupid things. I guess you can come in. Right. Okay. Interesting things happen, though, because, like, they're pretty wasted. And they're doing shots with Bacchus. Right. And they kind of wander. Yeah, they wander around the party. And Julia has, like, a moment of, oh, my God, that's Reynard. Because she lays on a bed and suddenly he's there. Thankfully, it wasn't him. Right. And Q kind of has the same thing when he suddenly sees Alice. And he freaks out trying to get her in. That wasn't Alice. And then we find out what happened to Alice. Yes. And that was a little heartbreaking. Wasn't expecting that. Oh, very heartbreaking. And we finally get them talking to Bacchus, though. Because it's important. And I'm like, there's no way they're going to get this information that they need the first episode, right? Right. Absolutely not. (laughs) And Bacchus didn't even want to talk about it. No. But he didn't even know about magic because humans are so below his magical radar. Right. And although I thought he was going to do some shit because he was like, well, the magic's gone because I kind of killed this god. And he's like, who? And it like went super serious. Yeah. You go, uh oh. I know. You you shouldn't have said that. I was like, oh God, what's happening? And And then when he tells him, he's like, oh, I don't know him. It's fine. Oh, my gosh. Like, my heart stopped for a second. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going to happen to Q? Yeah, Q and Julia could have been in a whole world of trouble there if he would have known Ember and Umber. Oh, thankfully, no. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay, no big deal. But then Bacchus is like, oh, there's this guy. Okay. And you see him, like, trying to think. And his little, like, party minion... He's like, no, Kronos is gone. No, this one's done. No, that one's gone. Dang it. I'm like, okay, this isn't helping them right now. No. But he does kind of give some information, but I don't know if it's even legit info. Right. It's hard to tell because you're getting it from a very plastered god who's probably fried more memory cells than... All of Bright Bills combined. So. <laughs> and I think that's probably crazy because, I mean, Elliot and Margot probably had a pretty good run. Yeah. So he's like, well, I think there's a secret backdoor of magic. I don't know. It might be somewhere like in a brothel. <laughs> and the fact. Of it would be. Yeah. The fact that Bacchus is this old school Roman god of wine right. and fertility. Which, first of all, wine and fertility and partying all the time. I'd be a little worried about going into one of his parties. Like, yes. come out with, like, major godlike babies. I don't know. Right. <laughs> and there's also, like, a whole thing with him that there's... Oh, crap. What is it? It's in the book. It's called... They come out Bachnots or something like that. They're, like, followers. Right. Or, like, hardcore followers. They're always women that would be almost, like, succubi. Right. And could totally, like, you'd die happy, but yeah. basically, like, they, they like, 
have you go completely crazy where you're like over the top with like insanity, joy kind of thing. And this would be freaking me out if I knew about this whole backstory. And then you're going in to meet this guy. Right. It's like, oh, God, I might die because I'm going to party too much with him or something. And these succubus are going to like kill me. And then he's going to send you to a maybe brothel. That makes me think that it's almost a setup. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Can you trust him? And where in the world is this brothel? Right. Absolutely anywhere. So, maybe it'll help. I feel like somehow Dean Fogg is going to be like, oh, yeah, I know that one. Right. I, <laughs> I'll, oh, I'm already dreading that that might happen. Right. So, let's leave the party. Yes. And go to a whole different, not-so-awesome party, shall we? Right. We're back to Fillory, where Elliot and Margot are holding court at the castle. Uh, and unfortunately, Fillory is still broke, and Elliot's not going to make any sound decisions on an empty stomach, so he dismisses the council for lunch. Now, the council doesn't know what's going on at this point, because Margot and Elliot keep kind of looking to the side where... the the council doesn't see anything. Right. But the king and queen are seeing the fairies. Yes. And how, like, weird shit is happening. Like, the fairy queen is, like, talking to a rabbit as this is happening, and then it disappears as she, like, lets it go. And yeah. I think that that happening on one side, and then Fen <laughs> becoming the log lady on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Fen. Yeah. And she has... Like wooden toes. So what the hell is going on? The fairy queen takes her punishments out on people who do her wrong. And when Finn tried to get her baby back, that cost her the toes. Just like Margot's lost an eye. Yeah, and the queen just has, or I'm sorry, the fairy queen has that in a weird little cage on her wrist because that's not weird. Right. Ah. <sighs> So the fairy queen decides it's time to give Margot a task. Yeah, this will be nice and easy. Right. She's to collect a special breed of earthworms that only thrive in the soil surrounding the castle. Okay, and how far in the surrounding area are we talking? Right. Sounded like it would was not going to be an easy task, and you'd be digging up the whole damn kingdom. Right. <laughs> so, of course, Margot basically tells her, I'm too busy trying to save a kingdom from starvation and don't have time for this. Oh, yeah, but the fairy queen's having none of that. No, not at all. Uses her thinly veiled threats to get Margot to acquiesce. I love it. She's like, fine. <laughs> so she tries to send one of her guards. She's like, just get like five people. And the fairy yes. queen is like, I needed it plucked by female hands. Your hands. Yes. And it's like, how did she even know? And it was weird because, again, she threatens Margot. But right when, you know, Margot's like, how the hell did she figure this out? Like, they kind of do a wide shot and you right. see the sloth. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, is it telling her things? Yeah, that that's what it made you think. That's what I was, like, seriously, like, you're going to just go ahead and, like, sell everybody out? That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then I'm like, wait, couldn't the sloth see the fairies? 
Because they don't we exactly don't say they don't. Right. And the fact that nobody else can see the rabbits kind of weirded me out. Yeah. But because the fairy queen is there and basically irritating Margot and Elliot, and they're trying to figure out what to do, we have Rafe giving some really good information to Elliot. Right. <laughs> you go, wow, this is uh, important stuff to know. Yeah. That there's a special kind of fairy repellent stone that exists within the castle. And it was forged many years ago by another child of Earth. Which is interesting. Why was it in the entire castle? Maybe that would have been a good idea. Yeah, you would think. So apparently some shit went down a long time ago with these fairies. And nobody thought to write all that down and warn everybody. Though, of course, maybe they did, and when the fairies came to the castle, they got rid of all the books because they got rid of all the books that referenced anything about the fairies in the entire kingdom. Well, that's true, but maybe if it's like, hey, these things get rid of fairies, maybe this should be throughout the whole castle everywhere. Yeah. Basically, I'm going to paint this whole place with it. Exactly. Didn't work out that way, but at least we know there's... A space, like a safe space, that they can discuss things. Right. Because assuming that nothing's going to be able to get out, right? But maybe, maybe no. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, we think they're able to talk in private, but when they re-enter the throne room, she's there and uh, is very well aware of their plans. Yes. And I love it how Elliot's like, I just want to see King Idri. Yes. Because <laughs> he's cute. <laughs> it's yeah. like... Uh, Needs some stress relief. Right. It's like, um... <laughs> it's so annoying, but that's when Elliot notices the creepy eyeball hanging from the fairy right. queen's wrist. And, and she's like, you know, don't disrespect me or underestimate me. Dun, dun, dun. Right. And Elliot informs her they're going to take a good long walk so they can ruminate on their action. Now, how do you think Elliot figured out what was going on? Well, I truly believe that he believed that that safe space was real and it should have worked for them to be able to communicate and try to come up with a plan without her knowing it. Mm -hmm. But when he saw the eye... It just kind of clicked to him that says, okay, that was a safe spot where they can't get in, and still she knew what we were talking about. It's got to be the eye that's giving it away. That's interesting. Right. And then, and that was some fantastic deduction by Elliot. Oh, and then the whole conversation that they have. Yeah. I so love good. this thing because it was obvious. The people in Florian have no idea what's going on on Earth. Right. The only person would have been Prince S. Right. Since he'd been there. Right. So when they're talking, and they're talking about Battlestar Galactica and Game of Thrones, Pretty Little Liars, Harry Potter. Right. And all it, I'm going to go 07 Britney on her ass. You know, they're going through all of it. I'm like, this is amazing. Yes. And I'm like, I don't know if I'd have been able to follow it as well without the little like subtitles though because yes. i'm like xoxo because i don't watch pretty little liars 
But like the right. rest of it, I would have gotten like, oh, okay. And it was just great. And the way they were talking, even if freaking Valorian people knew, I don't know if they'd have been able to follow it. Oh, hell no. <laughs> but it was great because the Fairy Queen is Cersei Lannister. Margo's Grace Parks from season one, meaning she was an unwitting spy. And right. they know because of the eye, because they had an X-Men reference in there for Cyclops. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And that just I'm thinking, OK, I almost seen. um, Oh, crap. I forgot what they're called in. Oh, shit. <laughs> the Titans movie. What the hell was it? When, like, the, the old hags take the eye so they can see. That's what I was thinking. It was. Right. Yeah. Why am I right. blanking on the name? But. That's what I was thinking maybe the queen was doing with the eye somehow, which would be really weird. But yeah, and I love that ultimately they end up saying, what would Harry do? And and Quentin's like, I didn't read all those books. She's like, no, our Harry. Oh, so meaning Quentin, floppy hair. (laughs) But it was just the best. And I could not, I could not get past it. It was just the best thing. I think I laughed. Like for a good oh, yeah. five minutes because yes. <laughs> it was just perfect. And I want to know how long they had to practice that scene because. Oh, God, yes. It's like, okay, how do I. To be able to get that down as well as they oh, had it. That, that was amazing. Oh. <laughs> amazing, <laughs> yes, guys. But then Elliot's like, all right, Tick, we need to go figure something out. We're going to go here and uh, read a book. And it turns <laughs> out they need the story of Fillory. And they are like, all right, we need to hunt down the white lady. Ah, all right, Elliot, go do it. I don't know. He just seems like, oh, this isn't so great. Why am I doing right. this? And he hears a noise and he gets out his bow and arrow. Oh, my gosh. That conversation, too, back and forth. Yes. I love it. And it turns out he's like, I am not the white lady. And he's like, well, you do sound very handsome. It's like, oh, God. <laughs> And he comes out, and I'm like, what in the hell is this thing? Right. The guy who, Fran Tahir, that name sounds really, really familiar, too. Try Warehouse 13. Okay. Oh, my gosh. She was just <laughs> cracking me up. And I could I knew I knew the voice. Yes. But it was, like, so, like, over the top. And it was like, I am the great cock of the Darkling Woods. It's like... Uh huh. Elliot's right. face and, is like, and, I don't know what to say. You weren't in the book. Yeah. <laughs> and then his peacock feathers go. Slop. Yes, that was <laughs> that was great. Oh man. And I love it. He's like, yeah. So I had a wish. He's like, eh, no, that's my sister. Yeah. He's like, I will give you a quest, and I love it. I I absolutely love this part. Because Elliot's like, that sounds something like I'm going to mess up. Right. He's like, oh, yeah, that's what that's why it's a quest. It's like, I, I don't know if that's a good thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. You, not a great idea put, sending me on a quest. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not going to be really great for me and my people because we kind of need something done now. He's like, you know, wishes always come back and bite you in the ass. Yeah. And it kind of did, because, I mean, look at Penny. Yeah. Look, it took a while. His hands were messed up. So, apparently, the great cock knows much, because he knows that 
you know, yeah, the fairies are an issue, but you know what will solve that issue? Bringing magic back. And I think that's what kind of, like, really stopped Elliot. Right. Because he was like, wait, what? Yeah. (laughs) Tell me more. Tell me more. Okay, maybe I won't screw this up. Proceed. And when he was going on about it, he's like, all right, you need to have a group of people. And I love how he runs through who all the people are. Right. (laughs) And the names he gives. Yes. The lover of tomatoes. And Elliot's like, wait, who? He's like, ah, not important. (laughs) So obviously Josh is going to be in there. Right. (laughs) But when you're throwing all of these people in, it's like, yes, the whole crew is going to be together. Yes. And then I kind of started bouncing. I'm like, yay. And, but you have to start with a book with no, no author and no name, wasn't it? Yeah. In a public library in New Jersey. Right. Huh? The land <laughs> of New Jersey. It's like, why are you saying that like so grand? And I love it. Elliot's like, ah, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. But this is when we find out, and we've seen rabbits before. And I remember right. being creepy before too. That yes. the rabbits can go between the realms, and apparently they don't really have any loyalty. It's what did they say? Every rabbit for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> so they start passing along information, and we see them end up at break bills. And Elliot and Julia are sitting there, and here pops in a rabbit, and you hear, it and I love it. It was like need help, love Elliot. It's like yeah. <laughs> I think the look on Q's face was like. What just happened? Uh, yeah. Did I just talk? Did you slip me something? Yeah. So they start, and Julia ends up finding the book, which I think is pretty impressive. Yes. And it's The Tale of the Seven Keys. And Quentin is all excited because he's like, yay, we're on a quest. Okay. And you see the, the group in Fillory all in the fairy-proof area. Right, Listening with to the rabbit. a ton of rabbits. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> yeah, because they're all talking and... <laughs> they're like, hey, one at a time. <laughs> and Fen, who is talking to one of the rabbits like it's her kid. Right. I am, like, not feeling good about her right now, but... She needs some help. Yes, but they find out they have to go to an island that's beyond the borders of Fillory. And right. apparently the sea surrounding it is not so good for people. Right, as many children of Earth have uh, not succeeded. And yet, Fen's like, I know just the boat to get you there. Uh, are we sure? Yeah. Because <laughs> you might be picking uh, up a little paper boat for all we know. Oh, yeah. Here you go. Because <laughs> she's got a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I don't know but what she else. she does know about a boat, uh, so we'll just we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I mean, we don't know what the fairies did to her, for real, so... No, we don't. Time runs a little and, different, apparently, in the fairy area. Yeah. And last but not least, we gotta talk about Alice. Yeah. Oh, Alice, what are <laughs> you doing? Yeah, she's made a deal for information with the vampire who is feeding off her wrist. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then when she's like, all right, that's enough, he's like, wow, you are very business-like. <laughs> what can we say? Alice is always, like, on point. She knows what she needs and what she's doing. You're not going to screw yes. around. Right. And apparently the deal she made was in exchange for blood, the vampires, to give her information on how to evade the lamprey. 
And again, so if vampires exist, there's got to be some kind of magic, right? Because it's not exactly a natural creature. Right. You would think. And maybe that's why Julia's got some. Okay. And whatever he tells her to do, she's like, are you kidding? And he's like, I gave that up a long time ago. Because he just, like, shows her what she needs in a book or something. Yeah. And I want to know what it is. Yeah, it's apparently this alarm system to keep her, that she's got to keep on her person that will allow her just enough warning that the lamprey is getting close that she'll be able to run away. It just seemed interesting because she seemed almost disgusted by what what it was so i'm feeling it's like it's got to be something so goofy or almost childish that she just oh you think something (laughs) carry around see i'm thinking it's going to be something really stupid and small like oh this right or a clown right just something that she's (laughs) a kazoo it'll just play or something and she's going to be like i don't believe i have to do this right which is probably why she sat there and just looked kind of ticked off in the diner when she just ordered a plate of bacon. Yeah. But how can you be sad when you eat bacon? Because it's bacon and it's tasty. And I'm sorry if we yeah. have fans that are vegetarians and vegans. So, I mean, we talked about that we've seen her leave. Right. And it was just heartbreaking. And, and I don't know if it was her pushing Quentin away because she knew the lamprey was coming for her. Right. That's what I took okay. it as. I didn't know if it was, was that or if she, she was still actually mad. And she's still mad at him for bringing her back from being a nipping. I mean, that that's going to take some time before that wears down, too. Mm-hmm. <sighs> but, I mean, she's one of them that was supposed to be part of the quest, so yes, be interesting. Yes, they need her like the others, and it's going to be interesting to see how they find out where she's at. Uh, maybe Penny will be able to do it. Grab her and go real quick or something. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what do you guys think? Because I thought this was an amazing first episode. We got a lot right away. Yes. And it wasn't completely just a somber and depressing episode because everybody was depressed that they couldn't do magic. I mean, yes, we saw some of it, but the overall episode was not a depressing episode. No, it wasn't. So I was pretty happy with it, and uh, I don't know. I hope you guys were, too. So why don't you tell us what you think, sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. Let us know how you feel, what's going to happen, what theories you have about magic, and what other creatures that we're going to find. And if you've read the books, let us know how closely this is like going along. Like I said, I know a lot of people said that it was kind of a mashup going into season two, Right. And like I said, I'm going to be way behind everybody else. So we want to know. And while you're doing all that, if you would kindly rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform that you're finding us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends about the show. If you haven't already gotten your friends into the show, what are you doing? Yeah. Get on (laughs) that. Tell them they'll get past whiny Quentin, because I know that was a problem for a lot of people. Yes. And... If you want to be on our show at any point, shoot us an email because we'd love to have you come on, talk with us about this, and tell us your tinfoil hat theories because, you know, we usually have some. So just shoot us an email again at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. 
And don't forget to check out the website and all of our contact information's there. And we're constantly putting up new stuff. So check it all out. So for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. How do we Lizzie Borden the shit out of this thing? Because I'm about ready to go full 07 Britney. And until next time. <laughs>